Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Edit audio. My dad always used to say, work smarter, not harder. Now, I know that when he said that, what he really meant was like, take a look at the job at hand and be efficient and, you know, all that jazz. But I've taken it to the next level in my life. It is now my mantra for so much of my life, including every work project I take on. Now, there is another great saying that, unfortunately, I cannot attribute to my dad. You take the money, you take the shit. When I think of that saying, I think of a time when a dude offered me all kinds of money for a gig overseeing a renovation. Now, I knew I could do the job. I knew it would be good money. And the poor girl in me really wanted to take the gig just because, you know, more money will always feel better. But my analytical brain, the lady inside me who listened to her dad, also knew it would be all-consuming and quite possibly really bad for my soul. So I said no. I had less money, but on the upside, I didn't end up crying in stairwells. That was a win. Sometimes, when trying to figure out that balance, you really got to check in with the old gut and trust yourself. The trick is knowing when to walk away and when you got to take the money and the shit. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here too. Hello. Today we chat, well, when your dream job doesn't quite pay enough. Hey folks, oh, I am so excited for today's episode. As a person who has had a day job for years and years and years and struggled to pay the bills from my creative work... This is an episode that I'm just so excited to share. It is very near and dear to my heart. Courtney is a very successful journalist who finds herself in the position of loving the work that she's doing, but not necessarily making enough cash to feel comfortable in her life. So now she's got to decide, do I sell my soul to the corporate devil or keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, vacation never? Or is there another option that she hasn't yet thought of? Hi, I'm Courtney E. Smith. I am a writer and editor, and right now I work for Eater Dallas and Nevermind Podcast. 
I want to talk about, am I happy with my work life? Because I've set up this whole sporadic life where I have a lot of freedom and everything I'm working on is creative, really. And I'm writing. And these are all things I've worked towards for a long time. But I still have a lingering sense of discontent about it. And like, I also have financial problems. Like, I just don't earn Uh, enough money. Yeah. So there are a lot of things I don't want. I don't want to work for a big multinational corporation anymore. I've done it a lot. I really have enjoyed working things that are more part-time than full-time. And I've managed to get that set up in a way where I have jobs with benefits and, you know, I'm a member of a union. Like, all of that's great. All the things I think I want are in place, but it's not quite enough money and it makes me feel like I'm scrambling and adding more work on is not really tenable. I'm doing the maximum amount of work that I realistically can do. So what is it that I want? Like, this is what I thought I wanted. Was I wrong? That's such a big question. And it's exciting because it's like we're talking about work, we're talking about personal and how the the intersections of the two. So like, let's start a little bit. You said you're a writer and that does lend itself to the freelance world. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have one primary job that is part-time, 20 hours a week, and it's really fun. And it also leads me to doing a lot of going out to eat and socializing with people. So it gets me out of the house, which is great. Mm-hmm. Love doing interviews. Love that. Um, and then the rest of the time I do freelance stuff. So I work with a podcast company. I have a podcast out now called Songs My Ex Ruined. That doesn't really make us any money. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do freelance assignments too, like writing. A piece I worked on during the pandemic uh, just got picked up by a literary magazine, and it was one that actually had money to pay instead of like you get a copy of the magazine. So that was really nice. (laughs) Um, But that's few and far between that you write those pieces. They're that immersive, and there's actually a decent payment attached to it. Yeah. You know what's really interesting about your question is I feel like a lot of times we get questions about work that are like, I hate what I'm doing, or I don't know what I want to do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you love what you do. I do. You're you're doing the things you want to do. It's the money that's the issue. Exactly. Like creatively, I feel so fulfilled. I love everything I'm doing. I've set myself up to do projects like this, but the money just hasn't come together yet. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is I I feel like we're going to talk a bit about a couple of things, but like one of them is visioning. And that's not something we've touched on a lot. Like I call it the great Robin plan, which um, Steph has heard me talk about a lot. Like I have the great Robin plan. It is a word doc. It is of course, color coded. (laughs) It is, it is purple because I was always a Prince fan. Sure, sure, sure. And I update the great Robin plan. I try to look like a year out and then I update it quarterly with goals. And and what's similar about where you and I are is we're in businesses where we don't get to say we get this job, like someone else has to hand you the job. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's for not a lot of money. And mm-hmm. so there's a, there's a real like day job component that has always been a part of my creative life. But your writing is so significantly, that takes a lot of time. For maybe not quite the, it's like if you probably broke down your hourly rate, it would be low. Yeah. For the work. Lower than I would ever want to admit. Yes. Exactly. Don't do the math. But so (laughs) I want to ask you like, 
Are you doing any kind of like great Courtney plan? Do you have anything like that? Have you considered anything like that? You know, I really haven't. I tend to live very much in the moment with my career and the nature of working in the media is that more and more as my career has gone on, jobs are short term, like you can count on maybe five years out of something. Yeah. So it's really difficult to imagine like, oh, what I want to do is, you know, this or that, because that job may or may not be available. And once you get it, you may or may not have it for very long. So Other than thinking, I've published one book and I want to publish a second one, and that's in my Mm -hmm. vision board. And I've applied during the pandemic. I started applying for um, national endowments for the arts grants for nonfiction writing. Yeah. And I would like to win one of those at some point. So that's on my board. Here's what's interesting. What you're speaking on is like carving out the time and the specificity of it, right? Like, so so there's like two things you just talked about, like a grant or, you know, an endowment or jobs that are going to disappear. But I think that the great Courtney Doc would be a living, breathing, evolving thing. And I think what's really wonderful about doing something like that, because again, like my current Robin Doc is very weird because it's like, I'm just like, I'll book three commercials this year. Like it might just be me putting a sense of control on an out of control thing. Mm. Like that's the one side of it. But on the other side of it, tasks do come out of it. So by setting it up and saying like, all right, in, in the writing world, I'd like to have someone give a shit about my book proposal. In the acting world, I would like to have a legit agent. I would like to book some more commercials. This year, I added a, a self-care section because I was like, I am not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think just the writing down of the things, then I'm like, I think of tasks I can do that will get me to this ambiguous goal. That's really smart. And I like that you've explained it as not just career oriented. I mean, I've added self-care in the form of a few different therapies this year Mm -hmm, instead of mm -hmm. just the one. So a lot has come up there. That's a big part of why I don't want to add more work to my work schedule because prioritizing myself and healing is way more important than capitalism at the moment. Um. But, you know, you still have to make your, I have my monthly Excel sheet budget of that's the number I have to be The budget's real. The budget's real. So that's really interesting to like break it down into different sectors like that and give yourself tasks you can complete because I like, I like the idea of it being more holistic than just this one thing because it turns out all these things are interconnected. Like all these decisions are connected to each other. They are 100%. You know, I was just thinking about the endowment piece just by putting that down, right, and saying, by this time next year, I'm going to have gotten an endowment. By putting that down, by writing it, what happens for me anyway is that then all of a sudden I start to think, well, God, I did all this work for the application for that because I'm sure that's a buttload of work to just like say why you deserve it, the why what you're going to use it for. couldn't be more difficult to use. <laughs> like they exactly. couldn't have built something more difficult. <laughs> But if you put that down as a bucket and if you're saying I'm committing that I'm going to get this in a year, which you may or may not, but why not fucking say it, then you might be like, oh, well, there's this other endowment. You might start talking to people about it and then and and a lot of that work will be similar and you'll be able to pull from this application process and add to that. So like you may add specifics. I think there's really something about stating, I think this is a real revenue source I can get and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to commit an hour a week on that. 
in doing that, then I have to create tasks. I'm like, okay, well, if I want to be here in a year, well, then this beginning part, I'll need to be researching and finding other grants to apply for. Well, what this is pulling out for me is that when I was laid off during the pandemic from a media job, Mm -hmm. um, I made a document sort of like this because I was a little at loose ends about what to do. And there are all these things. I haven't kept up with it because I felt like I haven't had the time, but like I wanted to have uh, the New York Times accept a modern love piece from me. Oh God, that's been a goal of mine forever. Yes, they say no too much. I have a lot of bucket list publications I'd like to be in, but I find what I'm actually doing is I'm on these mailing lists with calls for pitches and I tend to pitch towards the things that random publications are looking for right now because it's more immediate, it's easier to get accepted. But if I went back to my pandemic list and updated it for the present, then I could spend a little more time thinking about pitches and focusing on the publications that I specifically want to be in, like carving out some time to target them, which I definitely haven't been doing. Yeah, because by the way, Modern Love would help sell your book proposal, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. How is your, like, because I do think that part of this is, like, hits in the time management. Because there's, like, visioning, then there's, like, time management. How is your time management? Like, are you pretty good with that? You know, I used to be great at it. And then I slipped into perimenopause. And I have brain fog so often now. And I can't multitask as well as I used to be able to. It's just harder to keep up with the to-do list. And I've had to like seriously downgrade how much I can get done in a day because it doesn't feel like as much anymore. I don't even know if that's true. Like I might still be doing as much or I was doing too much previously, quite frankly. Um, But now it just feels like I really feel the limitations on my time. And I've I feel the limitations on my brain's ability to manage time. Do you have a time in the day when you are best and most productive? Yes, in the morning between like 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. for sure. Well, so what if you took a period of that time, like a half hour in the mornings, like when you're your best, your freshest? Or by the way, I'll be interested to hear what you think about this because it could also be like that's a later in the day task when it doesn't take as much. But like I think visioning requires a fresh like state. But like what if you said every day from 8 to 8.30, I will only be doing tasks related to the great Courtney plan, related to financial freedom, related to moving this forward to get to where I want to be. Would that be something that helped? That could be something that helped. And it could also pair with like, I'm trying to build a morning ritual where I 
eat breakfast without being in front of a screen or like doing work at the same time. Um, and goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I could see packaging those two things together. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, just like the brain fog, like I'd make another huge pitch for like like an Asana type tracker Monday, any yeah. of those boards, because like I put mine in buckets. So I have the wellness bucket and then I put tasks under each one of those and then I deadline them. And I, the deadline shifts all the time. I, I mean, full disclosure, like moving, like setting my career up for success is the last thing. Like there's things that have to be done on the day to day. You know, like I've got to record this episode. I've got to do a social media post. I've got to do this. But I try to build in time in the day for that too, or in the week. Cause it's like, it, it may not always be realistic. Like sometimes that gets yeah. pushed. That's an interesting shift. I use an app called Todoist, but I only put in there things I've actually committed to and need to get done and not future casting. So that would be like very doable. The idea of doing it every day would be new for me because I tend to do it really sporadically. Yeah. But that could be a good, like a good ritual to prioritize myself instead of prioritizing just keeping up. Yeah. And you can, you can do it however you work. So if you're a sporadic worker and you're not someone who's like, I do 15 minutes every day of something, you could just say this week, I will have found one other grant that I can apply for. Maybe you go into wormhole and you spend 90 minutes on Monday, but then you do nothing on Tuesday. But like, however it works for you, I think understanding how you think, understanding like something as simple as getting the tracker email saying like this deadline's coming up is like, oh fuck, I haven't done anything on that. Yeah. I have not done anything this week toward this other goal. I find that really helpful. Yeah. I find that I tend to end up pushing things when I've overcommitted myself. Yeah. That's one of the things that's really difficult to manage with this sort of career that I hadn't thought through all the way is yeah. that things come in when they come in and deadlines are mm -hmm. arbitrary and <laughs> kind of hit you whenever they hit you. So it's kind of demoralizing to push yourself back so much, but you end yeah. up doing it. You're up against a real deadline of cash. Yeah. That's bleak, but accurate. <laughs> well, but maybe it's not bleak. Maybe it's just a hard deadline. Like sometimes we need things to force us to do things. And if that's the thing that helps you prioritize yourself, because you are so, like I said, so different from a lot of folks, you already have all the, the joy in your work and the excitement in it. It's just right now not netting out to your mortgage. Well, so here's the existential question I've been asking myself Ooh, I that love is an existential question. Go. deeply depressing. Um, I mean, you and I have both worked at multinational corporations, yeah. and I've worked at several. And um, in 2015, for the first time, I worked for a privately held media company. And now that's all I work for, like all of my other than, you know, random freelance things I'll pick up. They're all like small private companies. And I so prefer that because the smaller ecosystem really gives you this space to explore and try things out and everything hasn't been done already. And it's not so much constantly about what investors think. Yeah. But now I'm kind of at the place where I'm like, well, because of the limitations of getting older in the workforce and the way that it limits my cognitive abilities and my um, energy. Would it be mm -hmm. smarter for me to just go for some soulless, high-paying job now oh. and tuck the money away and work harder on not 
pinning my identity to my job and find happiness outside of work and get the money back? That's a really big question. Yeah, it's difficult to grapple with because since I left MTV and since I pivoted to being a writer full time, so much of my identity has been tied up in what I'm writing and Mm -hmm. what success in that looks like. And I love it and hate it. Sometimes you get the nicest feedback or you get the great accolade or you get to Mm -hmm. publish a book and it's really cool. And sometimes it's just a daily grind of, you know, making content, making the donuts. So I, I mean, it's hard to decide what would be smarter. I mean, under capitalism, the smart move is making all the money and tucking it away to protect yourself. But that's also the very, very boring move and not fulfilling move. Is that smart because we live in a capitalist? Like, is that smart to you? Or is it smart to most people? I mean, financially, it's smart to me. It's practical. It makes sense. Yes. Well, I feel like this is a big part where visioning comes in. Because like, what do they say? You take the money, you take the shit. So mm-hmm. it's like you could go right back to that. And and like as I've gotten a little bit older, I've been like, oh, I want to work with people I like, like to be respected and to be treated well and to have an mm-hmm. environment where I'm coming into work and and it's good, you know. So it's like, does that outweigh it? But I, I feel like in a way only you can answer that question because you need to really think about would that take your soul? Would that crush your soul to show up? I mean, talk about time to make the donuts. Yeah. And like to mitigate, like a part of the decision making for me is I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pivot to my mommy blogger identity. I'm not going to (laughs) turn to this huge family life of people that need me. Like I am the one that fulfills me. So to have a job that's not fulfilling, I mean, I could put in a lot of work in developing hobbies or write on the side or, you know, whatever feeds my soul and creativity. But that goes by the wayside for so many people that they don't end up doing it because they're just tired from their dumb day job and phoning it in. Exactly. So like knowing that that's very much a possibility of how that turns out. If if my whole identity is I write corporate comms for KFC or something. Yeah. Would I want to die? Maybe. (laughs) Even in my fantasy life, I only take some corporate job for a couple of years, five at the max, pay off every debt I have. And as soon as I have none, I'm out. I'm back to doing this because so much more what I'd rather be doing. Is there a hybrid option? I feel like this is the hybrid option, you know? I mean, I guess I could try harder at taking on some kind of branding, consulting, content creation stuff. That also makes me want to die. Like, honestly. No matter how much money you have I think if you're doing work that fulfills you like there's always going to be more money you can make and there's always going to be more money you can spend and there's always going to be you know more jobs that you can take on obviously depends on how like secure you are just like living your day-to-day life but like I don't know. I look at just the three of us and we have all very different jobs. And I think all of us can relate very strongly to this. It's like, do I do the soul sucking job for more money or do I do the thing that is going to make me feel good to wake up in the morning? And I think that line just kind of keeps pushing. It doesn't seem to ever go away that question. Could you could you pick up some of the soul sucking a little? Yeah, I mean, for the duration of needing to pay off debts, I definitely could start picking up a little bit of work that I don't care about deeply. Yeah. 
I just want to ask, like, the debt, because, like, I think also, at least speaking for Robin and I, we both have, like, some <laughs> money trauma, maybe? A little bit. A little bit. Sure. And so, like, sometimes the debt isn't as real as it feels. And I just want to get clarification that the debt for you is, like, very real in your life. The debt is credit card debt. Yeah, I did some home improvements when I bought this house, and that will be paid off in two years. That will be done. But then there are two other credit cards. I would say probably like 15K in debt. It's not terrible, but it's annoying. Oh, and another 4K for another home improvement loan. I'm going to call it more than annoying. 20K. I'm going to call annoying. that more than annoying. <laughs> It is, but it all fits into my monthly budget at this time. Like I don't okay. I don't have a problem making the the bottom line nut amount. But you're not getting extras. I'm not getting extras. Like I can't travel. I can't um save very well. I haven't been putting anything into my IRA. Retirement. Yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all, I have a question for you. Have you been listening to Well Adjusting and secretly or maybe not so secretly thinking, geez, I have a problem, and I bet Robin and producer Steph might actually be able to help me make some headway. Now, if that's the case, I have to tell you, this is your sign from the universe to reach out to us about being on Well Adjusting. I'm telling you, it is a sign. Get in touch. It's so simple. Just email us at hello at editodd.io, or you can hit me up on the socials. I'm at at RealRobHops on all the platforms. And I have to tell you, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. What is it that you are waiting for? Hit us up. Let's solve the world's problems. No, okay, that, that bar is way too high. Let's, let's just have some laughs and, and get into it. We're going to all feel better for doing so, I swear. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're not in an easy field to be successful in. And for you to to be able to hit your monthly expenses and to be able to be setting this up to do the work that you love and to be true to yourself, that's no small thing that you should be celebrating. And we talk regularly about not celebrating ourselves enough on this podcast. Well, that's why it makes the conversation about should I step aside for a few years and take another job such an existential conversation because it truly is no small. It was not easy to get here. It took me a while of setting myself up to get into this position. And it's just that it works, but it doesn't quite work, you know? Right. But, you know, I have to be honest and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong and Steph will definitely if I'm wrong, (laughs) but um, she keeps me honest. But I don't think you want to do that. I'm not hearing it. I, yeah. I don't want to do that, but I, I'm asking if I have to do that. I don't that. think you like, have if to. If that's the thing that makes the most sense. I really, truly don't think you have to. And I think oftentimes the the logical thing, and this may not be true for everyone, but for you, because you are 
you know, you are responsibly working towards your financial situation to make sure your setup gets better. You are, you know, building something for your career. I don't think you have to. I think there are small adjustments like taking a couple soul sucking gigs more frequently, like just, I, I keep obsessing about the endowment or grants, but it's like, as soon as you start out of the box thinking, other ideas are going to come to you. that might be alternative revenue sources that may not just be writing. You have a lot of skills and you're obviously incredibly educated. So there are, I think when you start looking, other things are going to appear that Mm. are other solutions. It would hurt my soul to see you give up all of the progress that you've made in laying out this thing that really fulfills you because you just can't quite see it yet. Yeah, it's true. It would hurt my soul, too. (sighs) I think maybe a good exercise would be, like, to write down today what you think, like, the most soul-sucking thing would be that you, like, can't do. I already know the answer. (laughs) Great. Then share it if you're comfortable. It would be corporate blogging. Anything where you have to, like, write in the voice of a CEO. Okay. Yep. So, like... Defining that I think is important, at least for me, because like I think back to like two years ago or three years ago and like maybe I needed this amount of money and I would have taken on this and thought that was soul sucking. And now like the line has changed. Mm -hmm. But I think defining like what makes you feel okay to do and is worth the money is important. I'm like, how much of a pain in the ass is this? Both from like a work perspective, a talent perspective, a like training my team perspective, is it beneficial or is it just breaking even? If my emotions are money, like, am I breaking even on this or getting more from it? And I always want to be getting more from it. That was That's a very good. long-winded explanation to tell you. It was you great. It was that great. That's a your really feelings good are worth money too. You know. Yes, your time is worth money. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a really good yardstick because the kind of writing I've been doing, you're kind of trained to expect minimal pay. So I don't really think about like if I did something as a one-off or as just a part-time thing, what would it look like? What would my bottom line, because I don't care about it, be to like, how much money would you have to pay me for this to be okay? Yeah. And I'm also going to take a step further and say, I would love to see you really, I mean, it's it's weird to say journaling because you're already a writer. You might be like, it's like the contractor coming home and fixing his own bathroom. But like, (laughs) but some form of visioning, I mean, you, you already have a setup that makes you happy, but like visioning, like what is the perfect setup? What's the thing where I'm going to make the money? I'm going to have the fulfillment. Like, what are those things that will contribute to that? Because those are things Mm. that can then be project tracked. But you have to start with the visioning. Yeah. The obvious answer is like selling ideas to Hollywood because they pay a ridiculous amount of money. So adaptations of work that already exists or ideas that already exist. And there are a couple of things on the table that I just haven't had the time to follow up on it. But I think if I started doing this and visioning and tracking, then I would be like, this is actually potential money for IP left on the table that I should be prioritizing because it could be a a significant amount of money. Yeah. You're just keeping the lights on right now. 
You're just like, you're hustling from this gig to that. And there's not the planning. The planning needs to be added in. And that time needs to be built into your schedule. Like I can't harp on that enough. You've got to be kind to yourself because there'll be times when it gets pushed, but you have to really get in there and say, "I, I spend this amount of my day future planning. Yeah. You know, and what's funny is I I think about when I first met Steph, she was talking to people who wanted to be editors and it really stuck with me. I don't think I've ever told you this Steph, but she said, you know, you can't just take 40 hours a week and times it by your hourly rate and say, this is how much money I'll make because you need to build in time for they'll be billing, they'll be emailing. There's all this like non-billable work that you have to do. I think you need to think about Courtney as your non-billable work and you need to put in 15% of your week if possible, like whatever the percentage is that you feel like you could get some stuff done where you'll be doing your non-billable work that just is part of your planning. And what's so interesting about capitalism is it's very easy for a company to define that and ask for it, but it's less easy to do it as someone who works for themselves or as someone who has like an arts background. And I think that is an important thing to remind yourself when you're doing it, because often it comes down to a worth thing and a well, if I'm enjoying this work, mm. I don't I don't deserve to be paid for it as much or right. something. Yes. You know, I have been telling people for the better part of a decade that success for me would be making a living from my creative work. And I started making a living from my creative work and didn't know it happened. Like I was like in the <laughs> middle of like my I was like, "Holy shit. I hit this massive life goal." And I was so hell-bent on what's that next thing I'm going to get that I didn't even notice I hit it. It's not a lie, by the way. I, this was your goal, and you stated it explicitly when we worked together 20 years ago. Yes. Like, I've, for real. And the moment came, Courtney, and I, I just was already like, well, now I need a legit agent. Like, it's just like, <laughs> just fucking yeah. stop it, you asshole. Yeah. Like, so I said to Mary, I said, oh, my God, I, I just realized I, I hit that goal. And I was like, we should go. Like, let's go get a drink or something. Like, we should, we, we got to, I have to do something to celebrate this. Yeah, and then I think we yeah. forgot to go. But, I, <laughs> but I'm celebrating by saying right. it right We're now. We're going out this We're week. going out. We're going out. But that's the thing. Like, the line always changes. The yes. line always changes. So Robin and I often talk about, like, I have no goals. Some people have, like, a 10-year plan and, like, a 20. Like, I'm just, like, trying. And I think I have kind of fluid goals that I tried to get to, but I've never built the roadmap. And so to me, that feels very scary. But since talking about this more with Robin and with my many therapy systems, I've worked on this thing that is similar to what Robin's saying about like putting time aside. And what I've done basically is put like five, I have five buckets. So they're like relationships, my health and body, uh, my career, Oh, money, money, like my money money planning. And I make sure that every day in the morning when I have my coffee, I just have this list of five things and I look at them and I'm like, hmm, am I doing something? Like, am I present in all five buckets of my life this week or today? That's my way of just like making sure it's top of mind. And hopefully that will develop into like some sort of goal setting thing. But I think, you know, if you put like, you know, my debt, my creative fulfillment. I don't know what your five buckets are, but you know, put them there and just like look to them. I think you would see that you're actually doing a lot. I mean, it sounds like you're doing a lot on all of them. I mean, it's true and it's exhausting. And I like the point Robin brought up earlier about giving ourselves credit. Like this is something I've been thinking about in terms of interpersonal relationships. Um, Once again, in therapy, where 
if you're taking stuff out, you have to be replacing it with something. So the things that I've been taking out of my life, like what's the happy stuff I'm replacing it with and just seeing the shape of things. So to think about like this being one of five buckets, that's really smart. That's really an interesting way to look at it and also give yourself time to give yourself credit for everything that you are doing. Yeah, and some days it sucks because I'm like, well, I didn't really do anything for my relationships in a while, but <laughs> you know, that's that okay, sucks. Because you it's did like, something well, in another four, bucket, exactly. and that all counts. That's all important. I think we solved it for you, so that's great. <laughs> I do too. I think you gave me a lot of actionable ideas here, and I think like. I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm really interested in ways to make my life more about myself and less about all the things everybody demands from me or the commitments that I've made. So I really like this direction a lot. It really goes along with the themes in a lot of other areas outside of my career. So thank you. And I do not want you to take the soul-sucking corporate job. I just want to say that again. I do not want you to do that. <laughs> and I think that you don't have to. Tell people where they can follow you and where they can listen to Songs My Ex Ruined, which, by the way, I was a guest on, and it was so it's fun. True. It was such it was such a fun conversation. It was so good. You were such an amazing guest, and everybody should come listen to that episode. They can find it wherever they listen to podcasts out there in the wild world. And you can find me um, on Twitter at Courtney E. Smith, or on Instagram at the Courtney E. Smith, because I took too long to claim my name there. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Courtney. This was so wonderful. Thank you. You have reached the well-adjusting expert of the day. Hi, my name is Daniel Thrall, and I'm the host of the podcast Friends with Tax Benefits. I also work at Intuit TurboTax. Before working at TurboTax, I was a high school English teacher in a state that didn't pay teachers very well, so I can 100% relate to the dilemma of loving one's job, but feeling like I wasn't making enough money. When I was teaching, I took another teaching job, teaching Saturday school. I also worked summer school. And because I was tech savvy, I got paid extra actually to be the school software administrator. None of these you know, side gigs made me rich, but they definitely supplemented my income in a meaningful way. And the important thing was, I used my strengths and my, my skills to get these extra income streams. So the important thing is that a side hustle, it doesn't have to mean, you know, driving rideshare. If you like cooking or baking, you could put out some ads for, for catering gigs. And that's what I encourage you to do is to supplement your income with gig work by pursuing something that you're good at or that you feel passionate about. Another piece of advice is to budget. And hear me out, hear me out. I think people think budgeting, oh man, it's going to make me miserable. But budgeting has been financially the best thing I've ever done. There are many different products to choose from. And the software I use allows me to create envelopes for every category of spending. For example, dining out or gas or electricity or, or clothing, whatever. And when I get paid, I put my money into these digital envelopes. And As I go through the month, when the envelope is empty, I stop spending in that category. And so this budget, instead of making my finances feel constrained, they actually now feel unconstrained. We can go out to eat as much as we want, as long as there's money in the dining out category. But there's still flexibility because if my dining out category is empty and I still want to go out to dinner, 
I have to ask myself, okay, should I move money from the mortgage category? No. The phone bill category? No, because I, I have to pay those things. But what about the clothing category? Well, sure. I don't need any more clothes this month. And so I'll move money from my clothing category to going out for dinner category. And then we get date night. The last piece of advice that I'll give you is just to consider that there are probably many, many jobs that you could end up loving. I loved being a teacher, but I couldn't afford to save for my kids' college. I never had enough money to go on a single vacation in the nine years I was a teacher because we had all kinds of graduate school loans. But I was worried that if I switched careers, I'd be miserable. And that has not been the case at all. Reach out to people, you know, LinkedIn or people, friends of yours who have this job and ask them about a day in the life. Even better, could you shadow them for the day? If you're changing to a better paying job and it requires going back to school, it's so important to look at whether you'll have a good return on that investment. And also just keep in mind that there are many, many jobs out there that you might consider a dream job, even ones that pay well. One takeaway tip, folks, and I cannot stress this enough. If you are at a place in your career where you're working towards goals, whether they're, I don't know, financial, a promotion, or a career shift, make sure to schedule time in your day where you're doing work on the project called you. Yes, I know I said this loads of times in the middle of the interview, but it bears repeating because you would be amazed at what you can do in just 30 minutes a day. Get those goals. All right, that's it for today, folks. But before we go, I do want to say so many thanks to Courtney for just, you know, getting into it with us. And I got to give a huge shout out to Daniel for jumping in as our expert of the day today. Thank you for all your advice. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it, but like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it.